You are listening to Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2. Thank you for listening. This is Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2, and today is a very special broadcast. It's our first best of. So we're using a special numbering scheme today. Instead of this being C2E6, this is going to be C2R1. For 
Way Back Wednesday, December 29th, 2021. C2R1, Channel 2 Retrospective 1. Um, and as always, I have Hugh with me. How's it going, Hugh? Well, it's going pretty good. I'm pretty good. Getting ready for the holidays, all that stuff. Of course, this will be out right before New Year's. So, Happy New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're recording this right after Trees went up, and we'll probably be releasing it right about the time Trees will be coming back down. Yeah. Not in our house. I think we leave them up until February. You know, it's so much effort putting that all together. Might as well keep them up through January. It's not like we're going to have company over in January. Probably not. No. No. Um, so, it's been a few months since we spoke. What What's going on in your world? Hmm, that, that is a really good question. Um, or you caught me off guard. I don't know what I'm going to do. What have I been doing the past few months? That's, that's interesting. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I've, I'm spending a lot of time doing, like, uh, some holiday decorating, you know, seeing a few people around the Thanksgiving time. We're not, I don't have the kind of family where we do big Thanksgiving get-togethers, but we do tend to see people individually. And, um, you know, just just trying to get to the, the end of the year. I've got a, my, got a kid in college, got to go uh, pick her up uh, because her college semester ends ridiculously early, it seems. Okay. Just uh, usual boring parent stuff, you know. What, how about you? What have you been up to? Um, you know, I'm trying to think of what kind of... I, see, I asked you the question, catching you off guard, and then I realized the question caught me off guard as well. <laughs> Um, uh, so one quick announcement on the show front back in 2016, well, the channel one released in January of 2017, but back in October of 2016, um, when I was in the planning stages, all that stuff, we, um, created two different feeds because I had expected there to be a channel two coming along not too long after channel one. I, I didn't envision being able to land a host, a co-host like you, Hugh, but I, the format was something pretty similar to, to what we ended up with, what I envisioned. But I envisioned it coming along quickly, and I envisioned the two channels being different enough that, that someone would like channel one but not two or vice versa. And so I, I wanted to have two separate feeds. So I created the main feed that is still active today uh, and is a catch-all. And then on Buzzsprout, a free service, I um, I created a separate feed for Channel One, thinking Channel Two would be along right away, and you know it didn't come along until four years later. So what we ended up with was a repeater that mm -hmm. sp split the audience in half and all that. And so I've spent the past few years trying to figure out how to make this thing use useful without just cutting it off and you know cutting off you know a big chunk of the audience. Well, it eventually turned into the reruns channel. But even that was kind of a, a bugbear because I still had a two-hour content limit, so I couldn't upload multiple reruns or I couldn't upload some of our longer stuff. And so in December 2020, I told the listeners of Buzzsprout that I would be shutting down the feed in December of 2021 and gave them several reminders throughout the year. And uh, just a few days ago, I released what would, what is to be the final episode on Buzzsprout. And it wasn't as a going away present, I didn't want it to just be a rerun. Um, so I wanted to give them something that was theirs only. Uh, so if you're, if you're subscribed to the nerd noise radio rerun feed, catch that before you, before you leave, you know, or if you, if you had subscribed and hadn't listened in a long time, listen again. Or if that, if the thought of having an episode that's only that these only these people can hear for a while and it's worth subscribing for just one episode, 
then 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 do that. It's out there. Nerd Noise Radio reruns. Um, but it was sad for me because, you know, I mean, it was the right decision and it was something that I knew I was going to do. It was something that I actually was probably way too late in doing. But this is something that's been around from the very beginning. And I've had people that have stuck with it the entire time. And so it was it was really sad for me to do. Uh, you know, the intro and outro is kind of emotional and that wasn't really played up. That's pretty, we'll say, I mean, let's at least say 95% genuine, you know, mm-hmm. that that uh, that intro and outro. But um it, yeah, but it it also it, it also feels good to have done it because now we have just the one feed and just the one source of 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 the content and it's a lot less confusing. So, but that's real fresh in my mind because that just happened. So if if you want to um, add to the confusion, what you could do is use um, Anchor, which is Spotify's podcasting tool. Okay. Um, and then you could do a music podcast through that, but you could only use albums that are on Spotify. Uh, <laughs> no, no. That if you if you want to do that, be my guest. I, or if so, someone listening wants to take that on, let us know that you did it, and we'll listen. But I, yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I mean Spotify. It's like every every Falcom album's on there. Um, Square Enix is pretty good about putting all their albums on Spotify. A uh, couple, like a lot of indie developers, you know, like you can find a Shantae soundtrack on Spotify. Um, mm-hmm. You can find that kind of stuff, but chiptunes, no. And you might find someone doing a cover. There's a lot of people doing like orchestral covers of video game music on Spotify. Tons of that. Mm-hmm. But official soundtracks are pretty scarce out there. Uh, but they do give you a tool where you can like publish it and, you know, the music, like the royalties, like the, you know, the, the, the rights to the music holders still get supplied. So. Every time you listen to a podcast that uses a song that's that's from there, the creator gets a Spotify pointer. However, they compensate artists. I don't know. Now that's nice. I do like that. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's really bad for chiptune music. You could now. I don't think there's one chiptune. Oh, oh, there is. Uh, like this is a weird one. 2021 release on Spotify: Revenge of Shinobi soundtrack. Yuzo Koshiro. Because uh, yeah. I knew that Yuzo. Yuzo has a bunch of stuff on on Apple Music, and I presume it's all on Spotify also. It is, yeah. That just showed up on my like new for you page on Spotify. It's just sort of it's just hilarious to see like this thing that came out in like 1990, probably showing up as 89. 89. Well, that's pretty close, yeah. you know. So it was, hey, brand new music for you. I'm like, well, yes, Spotify, that is new music for me. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I knew Yuzo stuff was out there. Uh, I presume there's, you know, maybe some Final Fantasy stuff out there, mm-hmm. um, but that that'd probably be about it. Yeah. 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 It's pretty. It's pretty limiting what you, what you have access to. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, best of. So these are each of us picked um, our favorite songs from each episode. That's an oversimplification. Yeah. It, so what we, what we're listening to right now is. Uh, Birdman from Pilot Wing 64 on the N64 composed by Daniel Hess from C1, C2E3. And um, we used that as kind of just a, we, we each picked one wild card. So we had something that could lead us into the, to the main program and then something to take us out at the end. And this was Hugh's pick. Uh, and now what we're going to do is we're each, we each picked one track per episode per host. So I picked a Hugh track, 
and a and a me track, and he picked a me track and a his and a him track. And what we're going to do is we're going to run chronologically by host. So we're going to hear all of the Hugh tracks, and then we're going to hear all the St. John tracks, and then at the end we'll have my wild card to to be our goodbye. Um. So. What we're gonna? Why don't we go ahead and just get right to it? Uh, so, our first track is going to be uh, "Beneath the Mask," Rain instrumental version from Persona Five, and this is from C1E1. The composer is Shoji Meguro. This track was originally selected by Hugh, but was selected by me for our retrospective. So let's let's go ahead and check that out. Thank you. 
Okay. And so that was Beneath the Mask, the Rain instrumental version from Persona 5 on the PS3 and PS4, composed by Shoji Meguro, originally from C2E1, originally selected by Hugh, and selected today by me. Um, so we're since we talked about all these tracks and the music and the composers and all that stuff in the original episodes, and since we have so many more tracks than usual today, we're going to try to keep our conversations mostly to just what led us to, you know, things like what led us to pick the track or, you know, if it's something where we've picked the same track or my track would have been his track or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to keep our converse, try to keep our conversation mostly to that part of the world. And, and, you know, from that perspective, I actually don't have um, a great deal of stuff to say about this one. Um, it's, I, it was, it was my favorite. It, well, there was at least two or three other tracks that would have been candidates for me. Maybe we'll mention runner ups uh, a little later in the episode, but um, this was just my favorite one. You know, I loved the at- the atmosphere of it and the music or the uh, that organ and yeah. So, um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say that we didn't say in channel in episode one. Mm-hmm. So, well, so so go back and listen to it if you uh, missed it somehow. Oh yeah. Well, and and in the show notes, I'm going to include links to each of the the five episodes. So if you want to hear them in the context and you want to hear what we had to say about them then yes yes that that's going to be that's that's that'll be that those will be included so you can do that um so hugh what's your first hugh track uh i went with um what did i go with here oh yeah power or technique from uh, trails of cold steel 3 a game I've, I've played a couple times now it's uh falcom sound team jdk um hiato sonata is most likely the composer at least that's what Again, they don't credit individual composers, but that is who's believed to be the composer. And um, I just say I, I picked this one because it's a track I fire up quite a bit. I am I, I'm not really sure what it is about this song that I like so much. I think that it feels like a '80s uh, movie montage to me. Yeah, I can hear that. I can hear that. And now the listeners can too. Yeah. Let's go ahead and check it out.
Yeah, so that was uh, Power or Technique from uh, Trails of Cold Steel 3. Very uh, fun RPG. Although it is part of a bigger series. It's kind of a hard game to jump into as a, as a new player, I guess. If you haven't done the first two parts. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't. Um, and it's, I, I kind of want to start exploring these games, but but um, I don't know where to be where to really start. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It, it's sort of weird because they they are like a big giant series that go. I don't know. There's ten or so games in the entire series at this point. Um, what you do is you wait for a Steam sale where you can get like all of them for a nickel or something, some insane mm -hmm. Steam sale like that. Mm -hmm. Or or just play like East Eight because East Eight has like a lot of the same elements, but it's a standalone game. Okay. Well, and you know, with the with the at least hopefully imminent release of the Steam Deck, it'll be a lot easier to play those on the go. Yeah. So. Yep. I gave in terms of new business, I did give Steam you know five dollars to hold a place in line for me to buy one of those. Yeah, good. Me too. Me too. Um, well, just, you know, my gaming PC is downstairs now, so it can be primarily my podcasting PC. And getting down to the basement is a lot harder now because, you know, I mean, I either have to wait till Wyatt goes to bed or wait till Jody takes Wyatt out of the house to get down to the basement. If I can fire up the Xbox or the Switch or the PlayStation in the living room and play while engaging with Wyatt, but I can't do that with PC. So, um,. The Steam Deck really has the potential to really open PC gaming up for me in a way that I really haven't been able to before. Um, so one thing that we were talking about on the break is um, I apologize to the listeners if this sounds kind of clunky because, you know, this is Hugh and I over the course of the past five episodes have really kind of managed to get a, a rhythm or a groove. So we know how to do these normal episodes and have it not be clunky or, or awkward but this episode is so different that um i feel like it's been kind of clunky as we go <laughs> i figured either the listeners wouldn't notice or if they did listen they did notice they think it's it's charming it's cute it's silly you know that it that it's being so awkward but anyway i figured i would just say that in front of the listeners so our apologies for that hopefully the this will get more streamlined as we go and get more of a feel for it yeah this is actually the least prep we've done for an episode i think it's the you know it's funny it's the biggest episode we've done it's the most in in a certain manner of speaking it's the most important episode we've done and it's the one that we are the least prepared for yeah. yeah yeah so that said I uh I think it's I think I think it's time to go on to episode two which uh, released it was C two E two Deck the Halls, which, by the way, um, listeners, if, if you were listening to C2E2 when we were announcing that episode and then it there was this pause and the name Deck the Halls seemed like just something I pulled out of a hat at the last millisecond, there's a reason for that. It's because it was a name that I pulled out of a hat at the last millisecond because we were, as we were preparing to record, we're like, what are we even going to call this thing? Oh, I don't know. You know. Uh, so you're listening to C2E2, um, Deck the Halls. So that actually was improv that title was kind of an improv thing that just i pulled out of thin air yeah and it, and it worked i mean i really wanted to do a christmas episode you know so i thought i thought it was a really fun episode overall um it's one where like you can take the audio only version of that episode and just put it on in the background at a at a christmas party if you have really nerdy friends to yeah totally well and i'll say 
Um, because as we've been preparing this, I've been listening to these music blocks again. And I would say that the overall music block of C2E2 is actually my favorite of the five. I think it's the best of the five we did mm-hmm. in terms of the overall flow of music. Yeah, yeah, I, I won't argue with that. Like, I think my favorite individual tracks came from episodes one, three, and five, but the overall episode, I think two was our best. Um, so anyway, my or, or the first track from episode two will be a huge track that I'm selecting, and it's going to be Christmas on Dobuita Street from Shenmue. Mm-hmm on the Dreamcast, composed by Duichi Iwichi. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking how similar tracks you picked for the first two here. Um, they're both ambient tracks. Oh. They're both sort of ambient background tracks. But they're also kind of used in the same way in the game. So again, that was Christmas on, on Duboita Street from uh, Shenmue, which I started the Shenmue remake sometime in the past couple months too, but I, I couldn't get into it. I'm going to have to try again. Um, but besides these both being you know, very calming, peaceful tracks. They're both walking around town tracks. So, like, Beneath the Mask is the music that plays when you're kind of in free time in Persona Mm -hmm. 5. 
And the rainy day ones seem to, the rainy day version seems to come up on weekends more often than on weekdays, it feels like to me. Okay. And Christmas on, on Dubuida Street is like you're walking around the town, but it happens to be Christmas that day. Okay. So they're, they're very similar feels of like, it's this open, I mean, neither are like true open world games, but they're both like, I'm walking around the town. I guess I could go stop off at the arcade. Um, you know, they both have those sort of mechanics going. And they're mm -hmm. used in very similar ways in, in the games. That's interesting because, you know, I I only played a f maybe four hours into Shenmue and I haven't played Persona, so I wouldn't have known that. Um, but that's interesting that that just that was kind of the luck of it. Uh, I just chose it because it was my favorite piece of music. And as we were talking about on the break, it just feels I mean, you know, in this game, you just lost your dad you just watched him die and you're out to avenge him and now here it is christmas day in the midst of all of that it just feels so sad because of that mm -hmm. but also beautiful so what is your c2e2 track for us today um so i went with one of my uh sort of my favorite songs we've, we've talked about at all and it maybe i don't know if it was the inspiration for you want to do a christmas episode but it was certainly up there and that is um uh, this song from Break Quest. What's the actual title of this song? Hold on. Uh, Merry Xmas and a Funky 1999. There it is. Yeah. I want to. Be, I forgot the year. Yeah. Merry Xmas and Funky 1999 by Jerome Tell. Um, just just a fun song that I will, um, without any hesitation, put into a regular Christmas music rotation. That's a great track. Yeah. Uh, so let's check it out.
All right, so Merry Christmas and I, I guess a, a funky 2022 to everyone. Uh, 2021. That, well, was it? Is it? I guess I'm wondering: is it, is he wishing you a happy upcoming year or celebrating the previous year in this song? Oh yes, you're right. It would be 2022. So I think, you're right. I My think we're we're wishing that people have a funky 2022. We we do hope everyone has a funky 2022, and not in anything remotely like the way as 2020 and 2021 were funky. Yeah, funky seems like too weak of a word. <laughs> really, <laughs> we'll call it a euphemism. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, let's let's get on to another year. Also, I think we should move New Year's to like April 1st. I don't understand why we have it in the middle of winter. Seem yeah, I, I don't know. Some, yeah, I don't know. Had had to be like some pope I, well, or something declared it some some number of centuries ago. It seems like first day of spring makes a lot more sense. Actually, it was. I th now that I think about it, we call it the Gregorian calendar for a reason. I think it was like some Pope Gregory that that made the calendar what it is. Yeah. So, um, well, yeah. So. Season one of Channel Two was was unique because at the time we were only planning on doing episodes quarterly, and we started in in the middle or in September rather than in January. So our first two episodes were 2020, and and then the next three episodes were 2021, and so this is actually a new year. Going to episode three, uh, C two E three Mishmash Monday Volume One, which did create a little confusion because on the Channel One side back in May of 2017, there was also a Mishmash Monday, Volume 1. It was C1E10. So, a little bit of confusion there, but apparently I'm the master of confusing titles. Um, this one was just, it was a free play. You know, it's like, hey, I, on my side of it, it was, um, I've got a shopping list. I've got a bunch of really cool tracks that I want to share, but I don't have an idea for a common connecting theme. And so I proposed to Hugh we do a free play mm -hmm. and then what Hugh did he he had this whole system you, why don't you tell the listeners what the scheme was for Mr. Mr. Monday for you that's a good question what was my scheme it involved I didn't want to pick two songs for the same system so I you picked, used random.org yeah I used random.org to pick a, a, from a list of systems and then I tried to pick an exclusive game from each system when I got stuff like Wii U that's really hard because there's virtually no Wii U exclusives because mm -hmm. they're almost all on Switch at mm -hmm. this point Mm -hmm. yeah you said you also picked tracks that you thought would be a lot less likely for us to pick in some theme yeah yeah most of mine are, are things that i can't imagine what theme most of these would fall into I, i'm looking at the track list mm -hmm. that we did back there i mean yeah there's some like we both picked a tmnt song in that episode um probably by accident Ye yes we did and well yours i'm sorry yeah well mine came from my weird system that i devised to pick games um, and then we ended up, we picked a couple, like, well, I guess Game Gear and Master System sound similar, but they aren't the same. And then Not technically yeah, the same. Yeah, a few oddball systems. Our, was this the first time we had a CDI game? Um, I believe so. I don't think we had a CDI in Episode 1. We definitely didn't in Episode 2. Yeah. So just a very weird yeah. oddball episode all around. Well, we actually had two CDI tracks. We had um, the... Uh, Link Faces of Evil track, and then we had the Chris VR track. And, and I think it's the first appearance of 32X um, on any of our episodes, too. Yes, I believe that's right as well. Uh, two of my tracks were leftovers from uh, episode two, because in episode two, I had 
I actually there were like three other tracks I'd wanted to to include but couldn't, and so uh, Nortinka from Link of Link uh, Faces of Evil, and then the TMNT track were my carryovers from the previous episode. So. Yeah, it, C1, C2E3 was basically just an excuse to share tracks we loved. Yeah. We loved. So, um, and let's see. Uh, we, we also have a funny situation with the two tracks we picked for, for this, but we'll save that for the backside. Um, my track of Hughes from C2E3 is Trickster for Mayor from The Flash on the Master System, and just like our previous track, composed by Yurun Tell. So let's check it out. So that was Trickster from Air from The Flash on the Sega Master System. Again, originally from C2E3, uh, originally selected by Hugh and selected for this episode by me. Um, the our funny story about these is we had a couple. We had this happen a couple times while we were putting this episode together, where we both. So for the Hugh tracks, I went first. I made my first pick before he made his. And then for the St. John tracks, he got first pick. And so inevitably I picked one that he w- would have wanted to pick or, and he, or he picked one that I would have wanted to pick that, you know, that of course that would, that would happen. So this is a track, this would have been Hugh's pick yeah. for, for the episode, but the track you picked was actually my runner up. Okay. So it's so funny. If we had gone in the opposite order, we would have still ended up with the same two tracks. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. And I look at the list. I still don't think I would have picked differently. Not that there's any bad songs. Um, on the list, but I mean, these are my my two favorite by far. Okay, okay. Well, so 
uh, why don't you tell us what what your pick was and what my runner-up was? Yeah. What my pick would have been if you had picked this one. So I would. Uh, it's a uh, Pennington's Mystery from Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door by uh, Yoshihito Hirano and or Yuka Sujiyuko. So this is um, again a, a game. A game I liked a lot, but I like this theme a lot. I know, like, the theme is very kind of stereotypical, like, very derivative of other mystery music, but it's it's still just a, a really fun song. It is a very fun song. So let's check it out. Alright, so that is uh, Pennington's Mystery from Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. Series I like a lot, but I've not played all the games in yet. Yeah, you know, and I know this this actually came up in C2E3 when we were talking about this track. Um, the Paper Mario games have changed so much over the years, and so there are people who are very critical of the Switch game, and perhaps even more so the 3DS game, because it's so different than the N64 game. But I've played... 
the 3DS and the Switch games. I liked the 3DS game and I loved the Switch game, but I have not played either the N64 game or the GameCube game. And you tell me the GameCube game, from a game perspective, is much more faithful to the N64 original than the later sequels were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might not be able to tell they were different games. Okay. Well, so the uh, so paper, we just there was just an announcement that Paper Mario uh, N64 Paper Mario is coming to Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack, and I went ahead and went for the expansion pack. It's not offering a lot yet, but the hope is that if fr- uh, free DLC becomes more ubiquitous, then maybe it will justify its expense a little bit more. But I, I did sign up for it mostly so Jody could play Star Fox 64 without having to go downstairs and bust out the N64. Um, but I am excited that it's coming because, you know, like I said, I never had a chance to play the first two games, and this will give me a chance to do that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so, time to go to another episode. Um, our next episode was C2E4 Summer Jams, and it's just what it sounds like. It's just summery or sunshiny or beach, you know, kind of stuff. And... Um, it was a really fun episode. It yeah. was a really, really great. And it was actually the only time we've ever, we actually were, we actually planned out the music for C2E4 at the same time we planned out the music for C2E3. And then we had to sit on it for months. So it's the, the only time we've ever done that. And I think, I think we both decided that's probably something we won't do in the future. So, but my, my, my pick of Hughes tracks from C2E4 is Bully. It's from Bully and it's Schools Out, composed by Sean Lee and available on multiple platforms. So let's listen to it.
Okay, and that was Schools Out from Bully on multiple platforms, composed by Sean Lee. I really like this track, you. Mm -hmm. It's really fun. Yeah, the whole soundtrack is really good um, all around. And also, Sean Lee says, that's another one where I mentioned Spotify before, but uh, that dude has a ton of stuff on Spotify. So if you enjoy this style of music, he, he has a pretty good catalog out there. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to look it up. I, I really, in, after C2E3, I intended to deep dive the soundtrack, and I just haven't had a chance to get around to it yet. Um, but really fun track, really fun track. Um, your track for, your, your Hue yeah. pick for this episode was, actually, it's funny, It was my your pick was my runner-up, okay. just like the last episode. All right, yeah, and looking at the list, I, I also would not change that. I mean, there's a couple songs, yeah. Yeah, there's a few that maybe I could have picked instead, but um, this was maybe the hardest one to pick. Because, I mean, there's there's at least four or five songs I could easily have, have picked. Um, looking at the list here. So, when we get to the end of your tracks, before mm -hmm. we switch over to me, I want to talk about what your runner-ups would have been for yours and what, your runner, or what my runner-ups would have been for yours before we move on to me. Because, yeah, for each, for each episode, there was a a minimum of two or three of your picks and probably three or four of my picks that I could have chosen just as easily. All right. So this was very painful for me, this this process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, um, after some debate, I decided on uh, Costa del Sol from Final Fantasy VII by uh, Nobuo Matsu. And uh, let's just go right into it. Right. Awesome.
All right, so that was Costa del Sol. Very tropical, relaxing song. You kind of want to pour a drink and just sit on the beach when you listen to this. Yes, I, I think I, I think I, I think I, the phrase I used was umbrella drinks. Yeah. On on episode three. Yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. I love the um, I love the vibraphone. The way they let it ring out. It's yeah, yeah. I I'm gonna stop talking about it because otherwise I'm just gonna say the same thing I did in episode three. <laughs> Um, so we're to our last Channel 2 Season 1 episode. It was uh, C2E5 Nihon Dake Day, which only came out uh, this past September and was music from games that were only available in Japan. And uh, my pick for, for this episode of Hughes Tracks is the track... Oh, gosh. <laughs> I might not, I actually might not edit that out. I think I think with everything else going on, it's kind of fun to leave those kind of quirks in. Um, okay, so my track is Springdale 2040 Night from Yokai Watch 4 on the Nintendo Switch, composed by Kenshiro Saigo. Let's give it a listen. Thank you. 
Okay, and that was Springdale 2040 Night from Yokai Watch 4 on the Nintendo Switch. What a beautiful track. This was easily the most chill track of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very relaxing. I mostly picked it originally for the show because um, my youngest kid is playing uh, the Yokai Watch games a lot, and unfortunately, this game has not been localized and likely won't be. Which is weird because other Yokai Watch games have been localized. Yeah, I, I don't know the story there. Um, they It seems like they sell as well as any other kind of niche Japanese RPG that gets released. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. I have no idea why they stopped localizing them. Okay. Um, but from that same episode, um, I guess I'm also doing the same composer twice in a row. Look at that. Oh, yeah. So I picked a uh, Nobu Amatsu song. Actually, the whole idea of the uh, whole, like, um, I think this episode was largely inspired by I wanted to talk about this one song. Um, That's a story worth telling again, so go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I basically picked this one track. That I said, I really want to talk about this this uh, particular track. What sort of genre, like what, what sort of theme could we do for this episode? Because this, this track spans a number of things. It spans, like, games that are only in Japan. It's early works of a famous composer, and it's like a game set in a high school. And I think we were recording this around like back to school time. Mm-hmm. And we decided that uh, uh, Japan exclusives would be the easiest to record about. And, yes. and so the track I picked was uh, Nakayama Miho no Tokimeki High School, a title track by almost certainly Nobo Amatsu. Again, there's no credits for this game, but he was the only composer working for Square when this game was developed. And it kind of sounds like one of his songs. Sure, sure. Well, let's go ahead and, and give it a listen.
Alright, so... Going back to school. Yeah, I, I tried to explain the premise of this game to my wife once, and, and I think it, she almost left me for being someone who even was aware of this genre of game. So again, the premise of the game is like, you're trying to date a Japanese idol singer in high school. Mm -hmm. um, I likened it to, I think in the episode, I likened it to like a game about you trying to date Debbie Gibson or something. Yeah, that's exactly what you did. Um, and I guess today would be something else. It would be, I think Olivia Rodrigo's out of high school. Um, the BTS guys, yeah. are they all high school aged? I don't know how old the BTS guys. It seems like they've been around for five years. They can't be in high school anymore. Um, I don't know how old they are. I mean, they're probably in their 30s and just look like they're teenagers. I, I, I'm, I know who BTS is, but I, I've never bothered to like Wikipedia them to find out anything about them. Yeah, but uh, it would be, I don't think you could pull off a game like this in America, really. Um, I'm Now that I think about it, I'm kind of surprised there isn't an Olsen Twins version of this game. Because they did have like, um, I, I was I was going through an old video game catalog, and there was like, you know, Olsen Twins Dream Crush the game, something like that. That wasn't the exact title. So I'm kind of surprised some some shady company didn't license that in like 1999 or something. All right, so I think we are on to not our last episode, but like our first sort of our beta episode. Yeah. So so what happened here, listeners? As you well, most of you know this, but. In, in December of 2019, Hugh and I got together and did what we just, at the time, presumed would be a one-off. And we, we picked tracks from games that we liked from the previous decade and and uh, and made a, a one-off of that. And and that's what that became Channel 2 eventually. But since we did that and since we never had a chance to, f to feature it, uh, since none of it was ever eligible for best ofs on, on Nerd Noise Radio Channel 1... We decided we'd go ahead and include it this time. So, so um, I guess we end at the beginning here. We uh, our final two tracks of Hughes will be from this 2019 beta, which we called Nerd Noise Game Club. By the way, mm -hmm. by the way, um, Nerd Noise Radio Channel One has a subtitle, uh, "Noise from the Hearts of Nerds," but we don't have a subtitle for Channel Two. Do we want to just make Nerd Noise Game Club the 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 name of Channel Two, or do we want do we do we have another name that we think we'd like better? I, I was I was fine just leaving it Channel Two. I, I'm I'm really bad at naming things. I mean, like really bad. Okay. So like I would end up coming yeah. with something pretty horrible. So um, listeners, if you have a great idea for what Channel Two should be called, um, go ahead and get a hold of us on social media or email. Um, and, and we'll take that under advisement. And if it's good, that's what we'll use. Uh, I'm not going to officially name the show for now, but if we don't have a better name by uh, Season 2, Episode 1, we're just going to call Channel 2 Nerd Noise Game Club from now on, like like uh, like the beta, like, like Noise from the Hearts and Nerds on Channel 1. So tentatively, Nerd Noise Game Club, unless you guys come up with something better. So um, my, yeah, so... Nerd Noise Game Club, for, in terms of the format, it was just like Channel 2, except it was a lot longer. We Instead of having 14 tracks, we had 22 tracks. Uh, and it was also our first time doing it, so it was clunkier and a little more awkward than than we gradually got. Actually, I guess it was kind of like... Yeah, kind of. Because yeah. this is a, another first for us. <laughs> um, but but uh, it was essentially a, a Channel 2 episode before that was a thing. Um, my track of Hughes Picks from Game Club is Nor Clarinet 
from L.A. Noir on multiple platforms, composed by Andrew and or Simon Hale. So uh, let's go ahead and give that a listen. Okay, so that's Noir Clarinet from L.A. Noir on multiple platforms. And I, I kind of love that this is this is a more serious, less goofy version of the same vibe that Pennington's Mystery gave yeah. us. Yeah, it's a much darker game. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> um, you Did you play this game all the way through? I, I, I know you said at the time... You said at the time that you love everything about this game except for right, the game. Right, I like the I like the idea of L.A. Noir a lot. Um, but I actually playing it, I did not like the game very much. Um, mostly okay. because it was, I mean, just because like, I don't have a problem if you, if you like games with certain types of content, but it doesn't necessarily mean I like that type of content. Uh, and it just, sure. I just didn't care for it. Um, I did finish it. I, I liked you know, parts of it enough to, to play through, but I, I probably wouldn't play another game by the same, uh, developer. It's Rockstar. No, it's not. It, it's published by Rockstar. Oh, it's not. That's oh, the deceptive part. Okay. Like you think I, you're getting like a Grand Theft Auto game, but you're. It, it's a different game. It's a different studio, and a different writer. Just published by Rockstar. Rockstar, maybe I don't know. Keeping some other assets. Like I don't know the whole. Like I don't know everything about their relationship, but I would liken it. No, um, I wouldn't even say it's like a Hell Laboratory situation, because they weren't owned by Rockstar either. Okay. So, just just if one and 
again, there's a lot of things about the game that are cool, like the setting and then obviously the music. Uh, the story, mm -hmm. though, just... I just was not a fan of the story. I got I got an, a couple hours into the game on the Switch, and I saw the charm in it. I put it down for something else uh, and just never picked it back up. Now, I realize there are a lot of ways that it's not like Grand Theft Auto. You can't just, like, go grab a car and mow down people and go on a rampage, you know. Um, but it still feels like, I mean, the open, the semi, the quasi open world nature of it, it, it felt like a, a Grand Theft Auto game, except you're playing the cop instead of the robber, basically, is yeah. what it felt like to me. Kind of, yeah. I mean, you, you can drive around and like look for sites in the city, I guess. There's some sort of side quest around that. Your optional content mm -hmm. around that. Mm. I, I didn't do a lot of that, though. Yeah, I... um Maybe I'll pick it... I, I don't even know how many games I have now that are on the list of... I thought it was neat. Maybe I'll get back to it someday. But this one mm -hmm. would be on that list. So... Um, okay, so what we have next is the very last track of the episode that was originally picked in an original episode mm -hmm. by Hugh. This is Hugh's last track. My last track, yeah, and that is from the game To the Moon. Uh, this uh, track is called Having Lived, and it's by Ken Gao.
right, so yeah, that was To the Moon. Uh, from To the Moon, Having Lived. Fun, uh, again, fairly short game. It's more of like an interactive... I would almost describe it more as an interactive fiction game. That, you know, because there's not... I mean, there, there aren't really, like, quests or anything in it. It visually looks like a Super Nintendo-era RPG, sort of. Uh, okay. In, in the basic mechanics, kind of play like one, but it's it's more like a story game. And it's one I like. I like the game quite a bit. I even picked up the uh, limited run games version of it because I don't know why. Sometimes I just can't resist buying a, a limited run game release. I love that limited run games is a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I do. I I I do like what they're doing. I don't like how much money I end up spending on limited run games. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it seems a little bit more fair. Their pricing seems a little bit more fair than what a, the company known as Atari is doing with these uh, oh. fifty dollar twenty six hundred games. Oh yeah, yeah. It's fifty or sixty dollars for like a loose cart they're they're planning to sell. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's insane. But what do you expect from them, right? I mean, they'll probably start selling. I I really have they gotten into the NFT business yet? I assume they have. Uh, I ooh, I don't know. I I I kind of feel like they have, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah, I, it's it's impossible for me to believe they have not. All right, so now we want to move on to uh, your tracks. Yeah, this is the this is uh, roughly the midpoint of the episode, and it is the big turning point in the episode because f from the beginning to now, every track uh, is a track that was originally picked on the original episodes by Hugh. These they were Hugh's tracks. And we're done with that. Now the rest of the episode is all about me. Right. <laughs> so uh, we go back. We're 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 starting the we're starting time over again. We're going back to C two E one songs of the pandemic. And and we never talked about this at, at the beginning of the episode. We chose tracks from games that we were playing during lockdown when we were naive enough to believe that twenty twenty would be the end <laughs> of the pandemic. <laughs> I was not naive enough to believe that because I I do not have any um, confidence in. in my fellow uh, humans. So I, I had a feeling we would uh, have issues for a while. I, I sort of figured like this whole COVID thing would eventually just be like the flu. Like every year you just have to get a shot. And if you don't, there's a chance you're going to get really sick. That's, that's what they're saying. I mean, you know, we, we lost, we lost the opportunity to eradicate it. So now we get to a point where it becomes endemic and it's, it's not the flu. And I hate when people say the flu because it's, they say it to dismiss the severity of it, but in a sense, we will eventually get to a point where, in terms of practical application, it will be it'll just be, it'll, yeah, flu. exactly. We'll treat it like the flu. Like this is just a thing we have all the time, and you know, flu shot doesn't mean you aren't going to catch the flu or spread the flu, but it means you probably aren't going to be very sick if you do catch the flu. Right, right. So, um, so with the with the hue tracks. To make it to make things fair, with the Hugh tracks, I picked first, and then he picked. With the with the me tracks, Hugh picked first, and so we're going to open up with a track of mine that Hugh picked. What do you what do you have to open us up in the second half? Um, I have a game that I did not play during the pandemic, but that I heard in the background a lot during the pandemic, and that is uh, Animal Crossing: New Horizons on Switch. And this is 10 p.m. Composed by a long list of composers. We'll get to on the flip side. Very long list, yes. It's probably just yeah. one of them, but I don't know which one it is specifically. Sure, sure. Well, let's give it a listen. Listen. 
Animal Crossing New Horizons, a game my kids still play a little bit whenever there's a new content update. Or at least my youngest still fires it up. My oldest, as I mentioned before, is off in college. I, I don't think she has a lot of gaming time right now. Actually, I, what, from my understanding is that um, Mario Kart is actually very popular at colleges. Or at least at hers. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that too, It's actually. a big uh, kind of T-stress uh, game that they play a lot up there. It's a it's it's very well, uh, it fits very well for that. You know, I remember, so I had been married before I returned to college. I graduated high school. I took two semesters of college and then quit. And then when when I went back to college, I was a married man. So I I missed the whole dorm experience. But I had friends my age that were in the dorms, and and so in the early two thousands we'd go up and hang out, and everyone was playing Halo. Okay. You know, it was like ha- Halo was the thing. Uh, so, uh, but I could see Mario Kart being that same kind of group activity de-stressor. What do you have? A, do you have a game that you play for for stress relief, just to zone out um, and play? I have quite a few, but a lot of times it's Doctor Mario. It's a pretty common one I go to. Okay, it's really especially if you play it on like the fastest speed. It's really hard to think about anything else while you're playing it. See that for me, that's not a de-stressor okay. though. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You literally can't think of anything else because you're you can't keep up with with the rate things are happening. So that that's a real right. common one for me. Really. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes original Doom or Doom Two, but I I just find myself being less interested in shooters over time. Okay. Okay. Um, well, so. The ones that I've been doing a lot as a de-stressor to just zero out is um, Rocket League, you know, Um, and then uh, Forza Horizon 5 on the Series X, which, by the way, is an amazingly beautiful game. It's amazing graphics. Um, But the one one that's kind of front and center for me, the one that kind of inspired my asking you is um, I have just been playing a ton of Hanafuda on uh, 51 Classic, okay. or the fifth, the whatever that 51 Worldwide yeah, Games yeah, one of the, is. The bootleg cartridges, one of those? Or? No, 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 no. It's it's an official release for oh, the okay. Switch. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I can't remember. I'm blanking on the name, but it's a game where you have, like, card games and board games and, like, mini games like Connect 4 uh, or whatever okay. from all over okay. the Okay, I don't think I've played this. And, oh, it's really good. It's really good, and it's very much, it's, you got that Nintendo magic in the way it presents everything, which of course a lot of our listeners will know. Nintendo didn't get their start as a video game company in the '70s. They got their start as a Hanafuda card maker in the late 1800s. Yeah. In 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 fact, uh, Hanafuda was a gambling card, and their name. And I've been told by people who speak Japanese a lot better than I do, 
that this is a very rough translation, not a really solid translation, but it's something to the effect of leave luck to heaven, yeah. the name Nintendo. And I've looked up the individual three kanji that make Nintendo, and uh, if taken individually, it's duty, heaven, mm-hmm. temple. So if you think it's the duty of heaven's temple, leave luck to heaven, right? So I believe that is a translation. But anyway... Um, I'll just sit for hours and just play Hanafuda against the computer because it's such a fun, interesting game. Uh, but the presentation's so incredible. I love that background music with the kind of that heartbeat thump uh, and the nice little chords and the little guitar thing. I just it's it's a place that I can go and be happy and shut out the world, which is what this Animal Crossing track was for me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I there was one one night in particular where I sat for literally the entire hour with the, the camera and the game just trained to the stars and just sat there and ate junk food and listened to this music. Yeah, why not? Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's a true story. That literally happened. Um, so, yeah, this track will always be very important to me because of, because of that, that, that atmosphere. Um, my first track of the Me tracks from C2E1 was actually the opening track. It's, so this is the first track ever officially played on Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2, and it's still one of my favorites. So it is um, City on the Horizon, the instrumental version from The Runaway, on or from the minigame The Runaway in the game 1980X on multiple platforms, composed by Daniel Rosenqvist and or Anton Dronbury, which and we believe the guitar is UFD. So let's check that out.
Okay, and that was the Runaway, or that was uh, City on the Horizon instrumental version from the Runaway minigame within the game 1980X. Um, and in the in-game version, we call this the instrumental because in the in-game version, there's this great big, very powerful voiceover monologue from the main character while this is all happening. So if you've never played 1980X, it's one of the shortest games I've ever played. Like I literally, you can literally play through the game in like an hour. And there was talk about there being additional content, which maybe will happen someday, but with as long ago as that talk was with nothing, I, I kind of wonder if maybe that won't happen mm -hmm. anymore. Um, but if you get the game, if, it's, if you can find it cheap, play it. If you can't, just watch the thing on YouTube. You know, but it's an ex it's an amazing experience that's worth experiencing, even if you're just watching a YouTube video. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing we forgot to do uh, at the end of Hugh's tracks, but as we were as Hugh and I were talking the break, he has an even better idea. Um, at the end of each as we treat each episode, we'll talk about our honorable mentions. So, Hugh, what honorable mentions did you have from C2E1? Um, I'm going to go with um, Bar from Dungeon Explorer, which I was sort of debating making the intro to the whole episode. Okay. Because it's such a, okay. it's, it's very short, but very catchy and, and fun. I, you know, I I think that the intro track that you chose from, Bird, or, uh, from Pilot Wings was a perfectly good intro, but... I actually think Bar would have been even better because it's got that we're at the beginning of an adventure thing that you know that um, yeah that would have been a great that would have been a great opener. But um, did you have any others that you thought that you were either your tracks or my tracks that you were like oh, I really want to choose this? Yeah, I can just stick with that one. I'm gonna try and do like one per episode. I think because the, the thing is like we we don't really have like any bad songs in any episode. Oh, no, no, no. So it's, it's really hard to, you know, I, I could justify picking almost any song from any episode. But on this particular one, Bar was the one that I was had the hardest time not picking. Okay. Um, so for your tracks, I almost chose the Saturday Morning RPG track. I okay. really love that. Um, and uh, for me, my goodness, I... Uh, the the unholy impact track from Mother Russia Bleeds was a was a really strong contender. Or their back from Streets of Rage Four uh, would have been really good too. Or that Samaras Three track would have been a really good one. Um, any of those would have been picks that made me happy. The reason I didn't pick them is because we had the Runaway, and that was yeah. that was such a strong front runner for me. That was just like. If that doesn't make the episode, that will make the episode no matter what, is my thought, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, get, we're back to Deck the Halls. We're back to Christmas music. And um, what was your pick? Um, I went with, uh, I'm not sure I get the title correct here. The Nintendo eShop music from December 2015 by Kazumi to Totaka. Yeah. Great track. Let's yeah. check it out.
All right, so holiday shop music. Um, as we discussed in, in the background, music designed to make you spend money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the softest, gentlest, most loving fish hook ever. Mm-hmm. Very good, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think I heard it back in the day. I probably been on the eShop too and I just don't it, I didn't remember it um, but you know when when you suggested it uh, back when we recorded this episode it was obviously very familiar when I heard it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um, it, I loved the eShop music so much that um, I made an early channel one episode of it back in March of 2017 um, and when the switch came out I was both very disappointed and kind of relieved that it didn't have music because I got the switch just a few weeks before this episode was supposed to release. And so had the eShop, had the switch eShop had music, I would have either had to make the choice to leave it out and have an incomplete collection or do like this rushed, hurried edit to squeeze that music in. Yeah. Now that we're five years, now that that's five years ago, and I don't have to worry about episode considerations, I would love for some uh, switch update to add music again because the the just the aesthetic of the Wii and the and the Wii U eShop and the system menus in general was just so magical. Mm-hmm. And I love the Switch; it's my favorite system. But its its interface is so bland and lifeless by yeah. comparison. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my pick, uh, my pick of the John tracks from C2E2 is, I think the most opulent, the most the most opulent of the music from that episode. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, sure. I yeah. don't know what that word means, but yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> well, I, I I think in the episode I said like, imagine rich gravy pouring over roast pheasant mm. or roast goose or pheasant or it's just something that just like like. Rich person's paradise, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Okay, so, all right. Anyway, uh, it is Diamond Dust Zone Act One from Sonic 3D Blast, and this is the Sega Saturn version with the soundtrack composed by Richard Jakes. Let's uh, let's give it a listen.
And that was Diamond Dust Zone from Sonic 3D Blast on the Sega Saturn, composed by Richard Jakes. Yeah. This song this song almost makes me want to play the game. <laughs> you know, I think I I think I talked about this in the episode, but um at the time I had a 1989 Lincoln Town car. Mm-hmm. And I had it had a cassette player and I had one of those cassette to uh, CD adapters and the little portable CD player and I would literally drive around town listening to this game soundtrack um, <clears throat> and it, I think it was at the peak of this it was summer late summer early fall and so I might be driving around town blasting this exact piece of music when it's 90 degrees out in a 1989 Lincoln Town car mm-hmm. so that means you had the windows rolled down when you would pull up to like an intersection and there'd be people waiting across the street and this would be blasting. <laughs> I think that was your exact reaction I think, when I told I think that it was story last time too. I think so, too. yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I'm picturing because <clears throat> the car you described does not have AC as far as I know. It No, it had AC, um, but there would still be times I'd have the window down. And yeah, yeah, I, um, well, back then I was a little more self-conscious. Now, now I'm a little bit better at practicing when I preach, when I say fly the end. Um, you know, as an, in my early 40s as a family man not caring so much what people think back then i mean i was married but i was in my early mid-20s and that stuff mattered more back then (laughs) so Mm -hmm. i think i might have been a little more hesitant with that yeah i don't know i mean that the the lincoln town car got what two miles per gallon i mean it was not a very fuel efficient car to begin with and then you throw an ac man course yeah it was yeah that's an expensive drive it was it was not very fuel efficient but um for a brief period and this is this was a huge mistake Uh, i always wanted to get into classic cars and um using student loan money of all things which was ridiculous Mm -hmm. i actually did buy a couple classic cars with the hope that that would inspire me to buy the tools and learn the learn the trade right and that did not happen so i bought I, i bought a um I bought the cars, I did not buy the tools, <clears throat> and after a few years, with only driving them a handful of times, I sold them both for big losses. I had a, <clears throat> a 1970 Olds Cutlass, but then I had, and the reason the reason this is relevant is I had a 1977 Lincoln Continental, which is just the 70s version of the 80s town car, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> that's a big and, car. <clears throat> it, was, it was a mobile living room, I mean, yeah. it was, and, and, and I missed the hell out of it. I, I, I wish that I had a circumstance where I could pick up another, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, I think. So I probably won't. But um, the town car, the 80s town car, it got, I don't know, 16 miles to the gallon, something like that. Better than you would think. But that Continental, yeah, that was single digits to the gallon. It was like seven or eight miles to the gallon, that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are not fuel-efficient cars at all. Um, No, no. The only saving grace is we're still talking miles to the gallon rather than gallons to the mile. Right, right, which is some of the old cars was, was definitely the case. I mean, if you had the old, um, oh, geez, like I had a friend who drove like a early Chevy Malibu in high school, and that thing was just mm-hmm. a beast for gas. Now, mind you, this was like, gas was like 90 cents a gallon back then, if, if that. Right, but. right. Yeah, those were the days. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Um, I had st- I had started driving uh, shortly before those days were over, so I had a brief period of that sunshine. Um, All right, so next episode, uh, I picked this. Um, I don't know why I like this song so much. But I think because it sounds like a '70s car chase. Probably, I mean, like in a 
Continental. I can actually legitimately see that Continental being chased by the police to the song. Well, so it would actually be that that uh, that Starsky and Hutch Ford Torino, the yeah. the red one with the white stripe. Yeah. So speaking of old fuel inefficient boat cars that were awesome anyway. All right. So this is um, track four from Starsky and Hutch by Tim Fallon. Yeah, so that is Startsky and Hutch. Um, I don't know if there's an official name for this song. Probably not. It doesn't appear to be. But Tim Fallon, that's a name that I'm surprised hasn't come up more because he's done a lot of soundtracks. And the, and the thing I love, and I, and I think I made this exact comparison in, in, the, in the original episode, but for me, Tim Fallon is kind of the anti-Koshiro. Mm-hmm. You know, Yuzo Koshiro is a chameleon. He can do Streets of Rage. He could do Act Razor. He could do all points in between convincingly, right? Um, <clears throat> but Tim Fallon, and I don't mean this as a dig against the Fallon brothers, I because I, I mean it just as much of a compliment. They have such a signature 
it, there's a certain certain degree to which everything sounds the same, not because it's boring or redundant or repetitive, but because their brand is so defined. Mm -hmm. There is the fallen sound, you know, and and I think in the in the original episode I compared this to the Spider-Man X-Men soundtrack on the Super Nintendo. Better instrument, better quality instruments, but this is stylistically this is this would be right at home in Spider-Man X-Men. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you hear some of those same compositional ticks in this that you do in the Spider-Man X-Men tracks. So, yeah, it's it. This is a glorious one. If this is one, um, if you hadn't picked this, I could have picked this. Which reminds me, we forgot to do the honorable mentions in Deck the Halls. Yeah, and, and I'll say real quick for for that episode, I was going to go with um, the track from Home Alone, which was surprisingly much better than I expected it to be. Okay. That would have surprised me. That would have been a surprise for me okay. because I mean, it's a it's a good track. It's a fun track, but it, it didn't seem like the thing that would like leap off the page at you. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What surprised me? I, I was not. I was sort of expecting that game to not have a good soundtrack, and then it did. Okay. So my honorable mentions would be um, the Frostlands from Octopath Traveler, which is yeah. I kind of expected you to go that way, actually. Yeah, that's that's a good one too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, uh, your tracks, my honorable mention would be uh, uh, Fantasy Star. The Fantasy okay. Star track was so good. That was a really tough choice for me. Um, and then I guess the uh, the ambient ones, like the the Limestone Cave mm -hmm. and the the uh, Ice Cavern, the ones that just felt really bitterly cold yeah. and atmospheric. Yeah. Yeah. Now Ice Cavern, that is like my least favorite stage in Ocarina of Time, so I I couldn't pick it because it's too triggering. <laughs> okay okay because the ice bats I, I i can't stand the ice bats okay yeah that level sucks but i love that music so much yeah luckily it's a very short level that's the only redeeming quality sure it was it was short yeah we wouldn't even call that a full dungeon would we that was kind of more of a that was more of a giant cave yeah. That, or yeah than like a proper dungeon yeah it's just it? for like one little it's for it it's required for the story but it feels more like a little side thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep ice gaiden um okay well so we'll get to why don't we get to my pick from c2e3 and let me say that c2e3 was the was the most difficult one for me to choose because it had the most honorable mentions that were very strong so this one I chose this one because of the power of the story that went with it in the episode. Um, and I chose Silic Heavily Armored from Cosmic Carnage on the 32X, composed by Hikoshi Hashimoto. So let's check that out.
yeah, and that was heavily that was Silic heavily armored from Cosmic Carnage on the 32X. Um, this was the this was the really hard pick for me. I guess I'll get straight to the honorable mentions. Um, the other so for your tracks, um, obviously Pennington's Mystery mm-hmm. uh, was a tough one. Uh, um, I really did like the Sunset Park train zone. You know that it really kind of felt like you were on a train. Yeah, yeah. So that was a good one. But listen, on my side of the house, the ones that this was so hard for me because it was between. Uh, Starsky and Hutch. Well, no, it wasn't because you already picked that one. But it was between uh, Nortinka and Winters Here and Chris VR and Mystic Woods. So basically almost every track of mine was like, you know, it was almost almost all of my tracks were like, I want this one so bad I can't stand it. This was the most painful moment in episode planning for me because I, I could only pick one. I will say, and I won't say which one it is. I'll spoil it now. My, my uh, wild card is one of those tracks. Okay. It, it came from C2E3. It is, yeah. Yeah, you'll get to hear it yeah. on, on the way out. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, you'll, it'll be at the end of the episode. So, um, what were, what were your honorable mentions I, for this one? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll stick with just picking one here. I mean, obviously I picked my wild card game this, from this episode too. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, like synchronicity number 23 from Trails of Cold Steel 4. There are 22 previous ones. I don't know where he got that number from. Uh, but I'd already picked a game from the series for the episode. I didn't want to have too many, so that's why I, le- sure. I left it off. Uh, but that's just—it's sure. a really fun. It's, it's short, but it's really fun. And and, and uh, it's it's the closest we've come to doing dub, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, which is, it's still a lo- it's still many miles away from dub. But yeah. you've gone on the record for how much you dislike dubstep, and then this is the closest we get to it. Yeah, yeah. Dubstep to me sounds yeah. like a lot of music being thrown in a blender. I've never been a, a huge fan. <laughs> Um, but but this song's really catchy, and again, how it's used in the game is maybe part of it. Like where they where they chose to use it in the game just fits really really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was a real. It was a really. I love that track. It was a really good one. Um, uh, so, but again, the reason that this Cosmic Carnage track won out for my pick is because the story that went with it. And I'm not going to tell the story again, but it was the one where this is the track that I liked. And then I had a dream where it was center in the dream. And then I woke up in love with the track in love with the sound, the whole soundtrack for that matter, you know? So it's like it changed for me overnight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to, let's go back to summer jams. Yes. And I'm actually at the title, right? Cause my copy of the MP3 is different. Okay. Um, I picked in-game theme from Pink on iOS and composed by Bart Bonte. I was supposed to say which game I was about to pick otherwise, but I'll wait. Yeah, that's, let's save our honorable yeah, mentions yeah. for the yeah. for the backside. So yeah, anyways, here is the in-game theme from Pink.
Yeah, so that was pink. And uh, this also, I don't know why this also has sort of like an 80s movie vibe to it. It's kind of a really loose take on synthwave. Yeah. You know, the kind of the, a lot of those voices, that the percussion is a big part of it. Um, it has that, that, uh, that signature neon pseudo 80s sound mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, over um, Halloween season this year, I caught up on like 80s, I wouldn't even say B, I'll go so far as to say C, horror films. Okay. Because um, the Amazon Prime has like, I'm not like trying to plug these different services, but they have a lot of like, what I would call bad VHS rental movies um, now. So like, okay. um, I watched a movie called Chopping Mall over Halloween season. Have you seen that? <laughs> no, but the name. <laughs> Uh, this song would fit perfectly in Chopping Mall. Okay. Yeah, it's about uh, okay. a mall that h- hires or um, deploys high-tech robots to be mall security. And then there's a lightning strike and the robots go mad. They go rogue, yeah. Go, yeah. And teenagers who were having a party in the furniture store that night are hunted down by the, the robots. That sounds so bad that it sounds amazingly it, good. It, it, it's amazingly good. It It is one of the, the best bad 80s horror films I've ever seen. Well, and, and I've said this before. I don't think I've said this on the show before, but I've said this before. It's, it's stuff like that that proves that good and bad is not linear, but circular. Because if you go far enough into bad, you end up on good. Yeah. And so, like, there's a lot yeah. of things that try to recreate the look of the 80s. Like, there's the Fear Street movie and, of course, Stranger Things. Nothing mm-hmm. recreates it like an actual 80s movie. <laughs> like No. Like, the mall yeah. looks so much more 80s than... Like, the attempt to recreate an 80s-looking mall just kind of looks over-the-top and cheesy, whereas an actual 80s mall looks a lot more 70s than you you think, you know, you recall. Uh-huh. And uh, that's, that's what I like about that authentic look. It's just it's like, oh, yeah, that's actually what the malls looked like back then. Like, there there's cigarette-bending machines, and people openly <laughs> smoking and you know all that kind of stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it reminds me of a meme i saw a meme that had like this fabulous room with like neon and like a plush cassette tape mm-hmm. and like posters just you know the whole 80s stereotype thing on full blast right yeah and they said this is what we think the 80s look like yeah. and then the second picture was like a basement with a console tv and atari and wood paneled walls yeah. and it says this is what the 80s actually look like yeah yeah they look way more yeah. like the '70s than uh, than your memory uh, has. All right, I I kind of trailed off there. No, that's okay. Uh, one thing I want to say real quick is I had mentioned to you privately before the show that there was one track that you picked that was a real surprise to me, okay. really caught me off guard, and it was this one. Okay. Uh, I was really surprised you picked this one, not because it's, I mean, it's a great track. It's The track lacks no merit for being picked, right? But you were so into um, uh, the OutRun track, and you were so into Ayane from, from uh, the Dead or Alive beach volleyball game. I was so sure you were going to pick one of those. Yeah, yeah. And when we, and we get, like, here's the problem. Like, when we talk about, like, our um, our honorable mention, like, basically every song on this episode is an honorable mention pick for me. Like, okay. <laughs> like, there's not a song. Like, this was this was definitely the hardest episode for me to pick. Okay. Yeah, by, by far. So, um, I, I could justify picking just about any other track. Okay. Well, I'll save my honorable mentions for after the track we did share. Yeah. Uh, we do. We, we did feature. We will. Uh, gosh, we will. Feature. We are going to feature uh, in the future, which is now. 
<laughs> the future is now. Uh, so I went with, and this was a really hard pick for me too, but I went with Serena Beach from Super Mario Sunshine on the GameCube and recently refeatured on the Switch. Uh, and that is composed by Koji Kondo and or Shinobu Tanaka. So let's check it out. And that was Serena Beach. And this this was a really... I had to go with this one because I couldn't get over that magical sense of... It's so hypnotic. I mean, it's jazzy, but it's it's hypnotic. And it, it's beautiful, but it, it feels like something's just not quite right with what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, this... This was my favorite, but it, it was my favorite in the context of a bunch of other tracks that were like so close. Like I think the the next runner up was actually the other Mario track, the track from Paper Mario: The Origami King. Yeah, you know, um, I think that was, it was the Outrun track, of course, uh, and the Ione track, and yeah, I mean, I, I'll say again, there is no track in the entire season one that's not worthy of being chosen mm-hmm. but we we put ourselves in the situation where we had to choose anyway <laughs> yeah yeah and you're right i, I could have easily have picked uh, the the dead or alive game i could have picked out i mean outrun it's outrun is just a great soundtrack in in the two, 2006 um uh what was that a remake or reimagining whatever you want to call it did a great job with the soundtrack too and um i, I think i picked a track from wonder boy 3 that is really really good also like 
um, mm -hmm. outside island. Like, there's nothing. There's not like this was by far the hardest episode to pick tracks from. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a really good episode. It was a really fun episode. Um, so anyone listening to this that well, it should go without saying anyone listening to this who hasn't heard any of these episodes. Go check them out. But Summer Jams just had um, there was just a light lightheartedness to it that the the other episodes didn't quite capture. But that makes sense for the music, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, <clears throat> which brings us to our last brings us back to Nihon Dakede C two E five. What what was your pick from this? So I went with. Uh, Stage four from Chip Chan Kick. Um, just because it's a very goofy, fun song. It's a lovely song. Yeah. I love it. Let's right, let's uh, fire it up right now. So yeah, Chip Chan Kick. We were, we were uh, ragging on the PCFX for a minute there. I don't know if we we're going to include that in the show. Um, PCFX is a system I would, like, I'm super curious about, but also terrified to try. Yeah. So that conversation we had won't make it to the episode, but let's go ahead and recreate it. Okay. I mean, for the listeners. So um, I was just speculating that if you download PCFX games from the internet, you're probably put on a watch list. Um, you know, it's a system that was known, like, it was a system that was sort of overrun with um, adult games and some of the content maybe wouldn't fly uh, today. Uh, probably shouldn't fly back in the day either. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just, I, it's a system that had a lot of potential, but 
I, I don't know. It's 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 a neat. It's a novelty. Like it's oh, okay. Well, I like the Turbo Graphics CD a lot. Here's the follow up to it, but it really wasn't. You know, something that was ever going to compete with Sony or um. Well, I guess Sony really at the time was was mm -hmm. pretty dominant. So it wasn't going to compete with with the PlayStation. Really, it couldn't even compete with the Saturn. So. Yeah, there's probably some RPGs on it I would like to try, but a whole lot of that catalog is is really creepy. Yeah, uh, pornographic or at least borderline pornographic. A lot of it involving people under the age of majority. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd made the joke that if you download a PCF. PCFX game, it might come with the the computer digital version of an STD. But. Yeah, yeah. I just um not not really uh gonna risk it. Um, but yeah, hardware wise, it's like a neat system. It, I just don't see how it just wasn't powerful enough to to compete in that era. It was it was more powerful than any of the fourth gen systems, but it was a lot less powerful than the other fifth gen systems. And what's interesting to me is, and this is true with all CD-ROM based systems of the fourth, fifth, and beyond. You know, you had you had the ability to ha have CD audio played right off the CD, but each system also had to have a sound chip for stuff that wasn't presented that way, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, the Saturn had an amazingly powerful sound chip. The P PlayStation had. An amazingly powerful sound chip, um, and then the PCFX, its base sound chip is the TurboGrafx-16 sound chip. Mm -hmm. So there is TurboGrafx-16 caliber chip music on PCFX games, which is interesting to me. So, um, if you hadn't picked this track, I probably would have picked this track. Okay. This is a this is a, a great track, and. Um, I know I mentioned uh, in the episode that this, back in April of 2020, when I did the backwards episode, Backtracks, this track, Backwards, made it to Backtracks. And it changes so much in reverse, doesn't it? You heard it backwards. It, like, it, you, it's similar enough that you can tell that someone's not playing a trick on you. It actually is this track backwards, but it, it, it's so different. The forward version is lighthearted and fun. And the backward track actually is darker. It's moodier, you know? It's... Um, it, like it changes the mood played in reverse um so you anyone listening to this who hasn't heard backtrack should go check that out um but the track that i did choose for this was um uh, saturn from star cruiser on the this was the sharp uh, x68000 version composed by toshia yamanaka so let's go ahead and give it a listen
And that was Saturn from Star Cruiser. And this is the one that we got all hung up on the percussion just sounding like Golden Axe. Yeah, yeah. I also got hung up on, I couldn't, I keep thinking it is a Sega Saturn game called Star Cruiser. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, nope. Um, this, this was a, an amazingly close second for me behind the chip chan kick track it was like it was almost a tie um but this episode was really tough for me too in terms in terms of um alternate choices you know i mean the uh the psychic detective track the king the the motto o Granzort track were were both really strong ones um but then i also had toward city i had Yuzo or Yuyu Hakusho, I had the foot, the uh, Moji Ribbon track. It, this is another one of those where uh, a number of your tracks would have been ones I would have wanted, and then like all of my tracks would have been ones yeah, I would yeah. have, you know, like this, this, this was the second hardest one for me to pick tracks from uh, because I just there was just so many good tracks. It's it's so funny. We both have said multiple times this episode that we both think that the Christmas episode was our best overall music presentation. But in terms of standalone tracks, for me, it's between episodes one, three, and five. Okay. For me. Yeah. Yeah, for standalone so. tracks, for me, it's definitely the, the summer episode, I think. That, that was, okay. I mean, like, there were a couple of those on here I, was, I thought about picking. I actually thought a little bit about um, Zero Four Champ, which was the outro song. It's yeah, yeah. sort of a teaser of, like, our remaining tracks, which it's, it's like a song from a racing game that doesn't sound like it belongs in a racing game. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that would be one I, I I thought about picking that one quite a bit too, and decided not to. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would have been a good it would have been a good one to include. The only problem with it is it's so short, and since it, it it's a CD audio one, it doesn't lend itself to being spliced and extended. Yeah. So you'd have to let it expire and then just start it again. Yeah, yeah. I thought a little you bit know. about like using we use "Knock You Down" from uh, "Live a Live" or "Live Alive" in. Uh, or live alive. Live alive. Who knows? Some combination <laughs> of those. Um, yes. It, and I do like that song, but then I'm like, you know, it really is just Ken's theme <laughs> from Street Fighter Two. It is. It's. It is. It's really a lot closer. When I listen to them side by side, they they sure are the same song after all. Very close. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, and as we highlighted in the episode, it, they were both composed by the same person. So. Yeah, same composer. You can't. You, you really can't plagiarize yourself. I mean, I know like John Fogerty got sued for plagiarizing himself once. But in general, it's okay to plagiarize yourself. Right. Right. Yep. All right. Yep. Well, that, that we're we're very close to the end mm-hmm. here. Um, all all that's left basically is our uh, our John picks from Nerd Noise Game Club, and and um, why don't you tell us what you picked? So what I'm going to go with is uh, Gran Turismo Five: A Mirage by Keme Adachi. Uh, so let's just go right into that.
Yeah, this is such just a kind of funky and somewhat. It's I, I won't say it's a chill track because it's it's pretty up tempo, but it's kind of calming. You know, it doesn't feel like a racing game at all. Mm -hmm. It it feels like a RPG shop. Yeah, and 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 that's that's because this wasn't used during the race, racing portion of the game. Um, the one thing the Gran Turismo series is famous for is having really robust menu suites, and then just having this ginormous collection of music for the menu suite. And so, this is one of like fifty or sixty tracks that you might hear on the menu of this game. So, but if you hadn't picked it. There's a very good chance I would have picked it because this is, and I'm way too non-committal to like say top five tracks of the year. Mm -hmm. But in a theoretical hypothetical, this very much could be one of my top five tracks of all the ones that we did in season one in Game Club. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just an amazing piece. It is. It is very good. Yeah. 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 Um, also, also in backtracks. This one's also in backtracks. As is our next track. Um, and our next track, we're keeping with Gran Turismo Sport. Or I'm sorry, we're keeping with the Gran Turismo series. We're keeping with Gran Turismo series menu music. And this one is Process Control from Gran Turismo Sport on the PS4, composed by Yasuhisa Inoue. And this is our, uh, this is the final track except for my wild card. So let's go ahead and close it out right.
Okay, and that was Process Control from Gran Turismo Sport on the PS4, composed by Yasuhisa Inoue. And it sounds like we had another funny situation here. Go ahead and tell them about it here. Yeah, I mean, this would have been my second pick. Like, if we picked it in the opposite order, um, this probably would have been my pick. Because I, I like the song a lot, too. It's very, very calm and uh, doesn't sound at all like a racing game. But um, I guess it's for, you know, a menu. It's obviously not driving to this music. Right. Yeah, and... and, and the reason I picked this one over my other honorable mentions is because you picked Gran Turismo 5. So I thought, wouldn't it be funny to just do two Gran Turismo tracks? Um, <clears throat> so, and I, th- like I said earlier, I think I really could have picked your track had you not picked it. So it it's funny that w- yet again, we have a situation where if we had picked in the opposite order, we probably still would have ended up with the same two tracks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was, this was that's, that's what caught me off guard about this episode. It's like, you picked a few racing games you picked a few games i hadn't even heard of and they were all very kind of calm and relaxing and it was all stuff i really wasn't expecting you know mm-hmm. stuff i didn't i either had, like i said either i hadn't heard of it or i'm like oh okay it's a racing game so this is going to be some you know crazy techno song i was expecting like wipeout right <laughs> yeah right right yeah yep uh yeah no it's you're right it doesn't it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that would be fit a racing game but but you know when you're looking at when you're looking at a menu screen or you're digging through their their archives where they're telling the history of Nissan and you're looking or Datsun slash Nissan and you're looking at like old cars and reading about it, then it actually works pretty well for that. You know, um, uh, the the big the big cool story about this track was that uh, when I got the opportunity to to guest well collaborate on an episode of Hearts of Space. Um, and provided the tracks, this is the one they chose to open the episode with. So nice. So it'll always be, yeah, it'll always be super special for me because of that. But, um, let's talk honorable mentions on game club. Yeah, this is another hard one. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff in this episode too. Um, Mm -hmm. I mentioned you picked a few games like prune and N plus plus that I, I knew nothing about. And I, I enjoyed both those tracks. You picked a lot. I, I, I thought those were good. Um, we picked one from Breath of the Wild, Mifa's Touch, that I would also probably throw on that list. That That's a really good song. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. If there was one, if there was, and, and I'm not, I'm, this is directed at me. I think your, your collection was a lot more diverse than mine. But if there was one criticism I would levy against myself on the, the, the beta is that I went so heavy into chill, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, I mean, this kind of music, this ambient spacey chill music is some of my favorite music in the world. It's, it might, it might be my favorite genre, but, um, I didn't go very diverse here. I basically, it was almost entirely chill music. And so with it being so crazy long to begin with, and then almost all one style of music on my half of the aisle, that probably wasn't a great design decision. <laughs> yeah, unless we do like a, it, it also limits us to, if we want to do a, a chill episode, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's other, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of chill, there's, there's a ton out there because like, there, there's lots of RPG music, you know, RPG town music, that kind of stuff that's relaxed. So I, I suppose there's a lot out there. But we did take away some of the really great ones. Um, and with Channel 1, I do allow tracks to be reused outside of best ofs. But since since um, we are doing so, since we do so few tracks an episode and do so few episodes a year, let's see what we, let's see if we can manage to make it so there's no repeats outside of best ofs for Channel 2. All right. And for, and for that purpose, and for that purpose, even though it's not technically channel two, let's call this beta channel two and, and not reuse any of those tracks either. But, um, anyway, uh, my honor, I mean, this is another one where there's a ton of honorable mentions. I, I really liked my blaze, my truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really loved dino jungle and I was really surprised you didn't choose that. Yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised I didn't do, but I guess, I guess when I was making the list to the moon just kind of jumped out at me. Mm-hmm. Well, to the moon would would have been an honorable mention. So would uh, Mephis Touch. Um, I really did like uh, the fact that the last story was less a se- almost it was almost less a song and more like a a miniaturized summary of the entire soundtrack. You yeah. know, it was it was like its own soundtrack kind of. But um, those were the those were your tracks that would have been r- real tough choices for me. That when I almost picked those um, for me. This isn't quite one where all all of my tracks would be on would be strong candidates, but the Nor- the Smash Brothers track was a was a really tough one to say no to. Um, so was Art of Balance, and so was N plus plus. But the reason the reason I was able to not choose N plus plus is because it's in that that uh, that music block that I featured as the farewell to uh, the Buzzsprout feed. The N plus mm-hmm. plus track is in that episode, so it would have been. I don't think it would have been great to feature the same track twice in a month. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, even if they're on different feeds. Because uh, I do have, I think, over the course of the year that I told people that this is going to be winding down, I had listeners. I try to look at my listener numbers as little as possible. Because if, if they they shoot up, I get really excited. If they shoot down, I'm devastated. But um, in, in, in what I was able to see... The Buzzsprout numbers were declining, as you would expect, and the Podbean numbers were raising uh, to match. So we we did have people migrate over, but I think of the I don't know, by the time we got to the end, there was a really small Buzzsprout audience, maybe ten to forty, right? Mm-hmm. And I think most of those people are also subscribed to the other feed. I think there was few to none who were only on the Buzzsprout feed. But since most of the listeners were double listeners they would have heard it twice. I was like, that's dumb. So I chose not to do that track. Um, the, the monument Valley and prune tracks were really strong contenders. So was the, so many me. Yeah. So almost, I think the only two tracks of mine that were not like 
really strong contenders were the Metopia track and the Shovel Knight track. Those were the only two that were like, they're great, but I think I can pass on those. Mm-hmm. Everything else was a, a, a was a tough one. Um, but that's it. That's it. That's our that's our double pass through history. Uh, picking, making very difficult choices for picking tracks that we wanted to refeature here again as a as a celebration of completing our first year of channel two yeah yeah it's a good a uh, lot of lot of, just so many good songs in that list yeah awful lot to choose from yeah well so yeah so uh the typical typical end of show stuff let's let's uh let's talk about what next year has let's talk about our shows and then we'll we'll leave with my wild card um what what's on the horizon for 2022 for nerd noise radio is it'll be the first season of channel two where we do six episodes a year now five of them will be c2ex and then the we'll do the retrospective just so it's easier to keep track of the numbering um the first episode of season two will will be one that starts with hugh because mm-hmm. season one started with me and we'll just keep that cycle going so it's you know we're constantly trading off um channel one we're going to be back. Uh, 2020 and 2021 were a very non-standard thing because we it was season four split in half, five new episodes per year. Um, 2022 will be back to normal. We'll have ten Channel One episodes a year, and and since I'm since I've closed the Buzzsprout feed, the dedicated reruns feed, all the rerun stuff will happen on the main feed now. So what we're going to do is we're going to have on the main feed we're going to have a grant we're going to have a total of three broadcasts a month and if there are if there are three new broadcasts or more than three new broadcasts there will be no reruns that month if there are no new episodes that month there will be three reruns that month both of those are possible but by far the more likely scenario the more typical scenario is we'll have one or two new episodes a month with one or two reruns to fill in the blanks so that's how we'll do it uh for until further notice starting in january of 2022 uh what's left for this year and I'm and Hugh and I are recording at about the same time as this other project, and and I don't know which one's coming first, but for December on Channel One, it's going to be a very non-standard episode. It was gonna it was something that was supposed to happen in 2018, but never happened. And I got together with a, a co-host. I'm going to leave secret for now, and we're finally releasing this to you as C1E60 to end Season Four on Channel One. Um, and like I said, maybe you've heard that already. Maybe you haven't. But if you haven't, make sure to listen to it. And that's that's basically it for what's on the horizon for Nerd Noise Radio. Otherwise, it should be steady ahead. Um, Hugh, why don't you tell everyone about your other show? Uh, yeah, so I also do a Retro Game Club podcast. It gets into maybe a little more technical side of, of retro gaming. And we do like homebrew projects and some features on hardware and those sorts of things. Uh Around this time, we're going to be releasing our year-end episode, which is an episode where we're highlighting articles that we decided not to talk about this year. So, like, we have a running show notes, and then before we record, we're like, okay, this is way too much stuff, and then we cut a lot of it. And I have a feeling, we haven't recorded it yet, but I have a feeling it's going to be our worst episode ever. I'm just putting that out there. Because these are all (laughs) things that we saw in the show notes and decided, I don't want to talk about that. And now you're only going to talk about And it. now we're going to attempt to talk about them. And when I looked at the list, I'm like, some of these, I'm like, oh yeah, I see why I cut that. This is not a very interesting story. I think it's going to be a great episode. I think um, it, it, it's, I think it's going to be good, like, like good, good. But if it is 
bad, it's going to be that good bad where it's so bad that it's good. Yeah. I, I think that's what I think. I, I don't know. And, it's, and again, it's not like these articles are bad necessarily. It's Some of them are, but some of them are just not, like, they're just not interesting. You know, I'm not, like, ragging on the people who wrote them. It's just either doesn't fit our show very well or there's various reasons why we cut them. Sometimes it's just we had too much stuff and maybe they are actually interesting. But I think the conceit of it, that this is a outtakes, basically this is a big collection of outtakes. I think that alone will make it interesting. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, it's not really outtakes because we didn't record it. It's similar to an outtake show, though. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but I think it'll be good. I can't, I, I'll be watching for it to hit the podcast feed and I'll try, I'll plan on listening to it that same day. Um, <clears throat> um, what about next year? Do you have, is it just, is it just full steam ahead or do you have anything interesting to tell about next year? I have no idea what is next year is going to bring, man. I, 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 I will tell you that like 12 months ago, I had a very different expectation for how 2021 was going to be. So I am, I am making no predictions at all for anything next year. Okay. Okay. Maybe I should because all my my predictions for 2021 did not go how I thought they would. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should make a list of predictions and then look back on it and laugh. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, I wasn't going to mention this, uh, but since you mentioned it, um, this is not new news for the nerd noise list, for the longtime nerd noise listeners because this is something that I announced in 2019. But when but we nerd noise radio does have a fixed stopping point planned. It's not anytime soon, so, you know, don't worry. It's, we're not going, you know, there's no plans to go away anytime soon. But we do have a fixed stopping point. And that fixed stopping point is going to be December of 2026 when Nerd Noise Radio Channel 1 hits episode 100. That's when we plan to stop. And the plan, as long as I have, as long as I have Hugh, preferably, or someone else in this place if I don't, is to just keep Channel 2 alive for the remainder of that time. You know, just... We'll stop them both at the same time, and we'll keep them both going until then. Um, so, but when you have a fixed stopping point, and when you have asymmetrical seasons, you know, uh, Channel One, Season One and Two were twenty episodes apiece. Channel or Season Three was ten. We had Season Four split over two years. Um, our our midway point in terms of content and our midway point in terms of chronology are different. Our midway point in terms of co- proposed planned content was December of 2019. But our midway point in terms of planned chronology is now. If everything goes according to plan, this is the halfway point of the lifetime of Nerd Noise Radio. So I hope you've enjoyed the past five years. I hope you'll enjoy the next five years. Uh, as far as my shows, we've talked about this every episode, of course, but uh, Channel 2, you just you just finished listening to an episode of Channel 2. Channel 1 is a very different show. It's a mixtape, or as I prefer to call it, a radio music program show, where it's a very brief talking at the beginning, usually fairly standard, although sometimes we, go, we let ourselves play with that. Um, if you heard Hugh's episode, it was, I loved, I adored his intro and outro because they were the most non-Channel 1 intro and outro we've ever had. I loved them. Um, yeah. uh, so if you haven't heard that episode, you got to check that out. Because I can't read off a script, but, so. Yeah, but it was, it was, it was so, I, I literally had a big grin on my face the whole time I was listening the first time because I'm like, this is perfect. This is absolutely what this needs to be here. So, um, but short intro big uninterrupted music block designed to take you on a journey and then housekeeping outro and then that's it mm-hmm. so 
In 2022, there'll be 10 of those. There'll be six of these and however many bonuses and that we end up coming out with in the meantime. And then of course, reruns to fill in the blanks. So hopefully you will enjoy the journey next year. And I think that's everything except for our closer, which was my wild card. And I had mentioned that it came from C2E3 because there were so many tracks that I just, I couldn't not include one of, at least one other, because they were all so precious to me. So, and it turns out that track is going to be Chris VR from Burn Cycle on the CDI, composed by Simon Boswell. Thank you so much for, for joining us for this first year of Nerd Noise Radio Channel 2. We hope that it was worth the, the experience. We hope it was an enjoyable experience. And we hope to continue to bring you the same kind of experience in Season 2 and beyond. Thank you very much for listening. And wherever you are, fly the end.
my or, or, the first track from episode two will be a huge track that I'm selecting, and it's going to be Christmas on Dobuita Street from Shenmue mm-hmm. on the Dreamcast, composed by Duichi. I'm sorry, Duichi Ichi. Ah, Duichi Iwichi. <laughs> that was a hard one. If I recall, I butchered that one too. Yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and, and check that out. And what's funny is, of course, when I was making it, it wasn't intended to be a goodbye. It was intended to be a welcome back. Um, so I never intended any of these tracks to have that that painful separation feel. But in the context of it, it was a much darker and more emotional music block than the one that ended up replacing it. Um, and, and so in the context of a goodbye, it's like, wow, this is really emotional. This is, you know, this actually kind of hurts a little bit to be listening to this music. And it's like, I'm breaking up with you now, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So, but it was, it was a good music block. So I'm glad to get it out there. I was just watching a speed run thing about Final Fantasy seven, about like them skipping one of these like mandatory breaks. Um, that, you know, when you're on rails. All right, so that was Costa del Sol. Okay, and that was Spring DL... Tw- <sighs> Cut. Three, two, one. Okay, and that was Spring DL 2040 Night from Yokai Watch 4 on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I, I kind of... I, I, it takes me forever to name anything. This, whenever I start, like, a new project or something, uh, 90% of the time is trying to think of a name. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've a name has come to me as just a wordplay, just an empty wordplay joke. And I was like, oh, my God, that would be a great thing for whatever. So a lot of times it's not I have this thing. Now, what do I name it? It's more like I have a name. Now, what do I do with this name? Oh, yeah. So, yeah I, I, oh, that's only happened once. Like I registered a domain once because I thought the name was funny. and I used it for some email. That's about what, it. What was it? It's um, uh, mallsushi.com. So... A little bit of confusion there, but apparently I'm the master of confusing titles. They also like they draw like the like Alf's power bar as as a sprite. Also, I don't know why you would do okay. that. But they do something like that, and then what happens is on one of the hardware variants, like if a bat flies into Alf's power bar, it registers as a hit. Oh God! <laughs> is this something dumb like that? But it's only on like one of the hardware variants, and then the article really drills into like what's different about Japan, U.S., Europe, and power-based converter. Right, right. Yep. Nope. I get it. That makes perfect sense. You were—I don't know if it was your most recent episode. It might have been the one before, but you were talking about um, Jaguar mm-hmm. and how it's still based on the sixty-eight thousand. Yeah. You know, it's got Tom and Jerry, but yeah, that's why there's but, so many um, just like straight Sega Genesis ports to it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, like, you know, NBA Jam, Pitfall. Um, I guess Syndicate was probably just a straight port of the Genesis version. Um, lots of stuff was just like, I'm going to take this Genesis game and just port it straight up with minimal enhancement and, and see if I can make a few bucks on the Jaguar. Right. Right. Yeah, because it's so. I, I love, I mean, I, I know that bits don't matter like people think they do, right? Yeah. You know, the. The TurboGrafx-16 being an 8-bit system, but the Intellivision being a 16-bit system. Right there, that proves that bits don't matter like yeah. what people think. But I love, I, I still love that the Jaguar was built as a 64-bit system 
When really, if we're being hyper technical, it was a 16-bit system. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's a 16-bit system. I kind of love that. Some advanced hardware, but yeah, there it was. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember what the particular thing was that let them legally call it 64-bit, but it was some really obscure little side piece of the hardware that didn't make a big difference yes. it was technically 64 bit it's thinking out of like bus yeah. size well it's the same thing like you could the sega genesis could have used the same logic to claim it was a 32-bit system because the 68000 uses 32-bit words it, it has 32-bit bus like it you could do that right my understanding and and your understanding is better than mine uh but my understanding is um like inside the house is 32 bit, but the problem is the the door into and out of the house are only 16 bit. That's exactly it, yeah. I think we might have lost Hugh. You there, Hugh? All right, so now we're on to. Wait, are we on to your tracks? No, we aren't. Are you still there? Hmm. Something just went wrong. Yes, something is indeed very wrong. One of us is totally frozen. All right, are you still there? Hello, I'm 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 here again. Okay, <laughs> I, w I was just I was kind of riffing, so I'm like, huh? I guess I don't have a lot to say about this track. Uh, so I went on the sidebar about <laughs> that's I went awesome. on the sidebar about the Olsen twins for a while. So hopefully that. So what I'm gonna love to do when I get your audio is listen to that section and hear all the stuff. I yeah, missed. yeah, it's it's all right. But, but then you have to figure out, because that's when you learn that radio stations have, like, commercial breaks at specific times. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you if you want to wake up at 6.30, you can't really set your alarm for 6.30, because that might be, like, a used car commercial. Right. Right. And I presume, I presume some of those are really re obnoxious. There's a, here locally, there's a Joe Clements, mm -hmm. uh, and his, his whole thing is, Call two four blah 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 or approved at joe.com, approved at joe.com, www.approved at joe.com. And we, we just hate it. Everyone in town hates it. So, but you probably have stuff like that too, I take it. Yeah. I mean, the worst is if you get the like um, Cars for Kids song, which oh, has God. not changed okay. in 40 years or however long they've been doing the Cars for Kids songs. Um, I okay. mean, I remember it at least back to the 90s. And if you wake up to that, that's, that, that's the start of a bad day. 
this is how morbid is this? My my preferred way to go would be we all die in our sleep from carbon monoxide yeah. poisoning, so none of us has to to live with with yeah. that, it, with the grief of being without yeah. the other. You know, so yeah, yeah. like that can be anyway, arranged. Um, um, all right, so <laughs> going back to school. Yeah, but it's it, well, it's one of those situations where the the truth of it is only so funny, but just saying that sentence out loud is a lot funnier than the truth behind it. I think. If, if we just tell them the devil's not behind it and no one's going to hell for it and it makes a lot of money, then maybe they'll go for it. Right. The, the money part is probably going to be the most effective of those arguments. Um, this track just makes you want to spend money. Well, that's what it was for, right? That's, <laughs> right. That's what they were going for. Yep. Well, that does, we're, we're very close to the end mm-hmm. here. Um, all, all that's left, basically, is our... Uh, our John picks from Nerd Noise, Nerd Noise Game Club. And and um, why don't you tell us what you picked? Um, yeah, I picked Mirage from uh, Gran Turismo Sport by... Gran Turismo 5. Gran Turismo... Wait, yes, you're right. I You are right. I am I am wrong in reading that. And <laughs> um, the composer is... Well, I'm going to get that wrong too then, aren't I? Uh, Yasuhisa Inoue? Yeah, you got okay. that wrong. <laughs> I got that part right, so I know it's really wrong. Okay. Uh, so let's just go right into that. Yeah, okay. All right, great. Yeah, the composer is Keme. So. Oh, wait, I, I got the totally oh, I totally read the wrong line. That's the problem, yes. Let me redo that part. You did, yeah. Okay, so what I'm going to go with is uh, Gran Turismo 5, A Mirage by Keme Adachi. Okay, I'll make sure to splice that in. I just, I was, um, you had two Grand Turismo games. I just jumped to the wrong line. That's what happened. But this is the, this is yeah. definitely what I'm listening to. This is definitely the song I intended to pick. So it's fine. Yeah, good. Well, that would have been a much bigger problem. Yes. Is like, oh, we have the wrong no, track. No, this is the right track. 